Welcome to the Beauty of Business podcast. My name is Amy, also known as Glam Girl Amy on Instagram. I'm a freelance makeup artist and graphic designer. In this podcast, I will be chatting with industry professionals in the beauty industry. In today's episode, I chat with Jacob Fahmi, a chartered accountant and director of Advisory Corp Accountants. Jacob brings a young, vibrant and refreshing approach to a subject that so many creative business owners often overlook when they first start out. In 2020, Jacob was awarded the best accountant in Australia under 30 in two categories specializing in small business. At Advisory Corp, Jacob focuses on taking a proactive approach in helping his clients manage their taxes and capture more profit so that they can continue to grow their small business. Jacob and I chat about ways to structure your business, save on tax and manage your numbers. Jacob shares some super valuable tips specifically for beauty industry small business owners and startups. I personally found this chat incredibly insightful as I myself struggle with the account side of my businesses. Thanks Jacob for coming today. I appreciate you being here. Um, It's going to be really good to get some insight about um, finances to do with the business side of things because I feel like we don't talk about that enough. So thank you for chatting with me. Um, I just want to start off by asking you how you got into accounting and maybe tell us a little bit about like your backstory of how you started your business because you're the director of Advisory Corp. Yeah, if you can give us some background information, that'd be amazing. Well, it all started in uh, year three. Uh, oh, really? <laughs> oh, my God. That's so, um, <laughs> up until year three, I wanted to be a doctor. My whole, essentially, growing up, I'm Egyptian, so being a doctor is oh, okay, part the of the thing. parcel of the yeah. <laughs> um, And then I did a maths test. You pay five bucks, you do a maths test. It was big money back then. And I got a distinction in the maths test. Wow. Yeah. Well, that's parents, crazy. That's what, that's what my parents' reaction was. <laughs> <laughs> um, so I was good. Uh, I kept wow. out of trouble. And then, so I realised I was good at maths. Mm-hmm. Um, and then in year nine, good at maths, in year nine, I did uh, commerce. Like, you pick your electives. It was the first time yeah. I sort of got a taste of business. Um, so I did commerce. And my teacher, we had a very rowdy class, very difficult class, the poor thing. She would just, she would literally <laughs> just play uh, <laughs> Kelly Girl High, okay. but um, no, it was good. Public school, local yeah. public school was good. Perfect. I had a great, great upbringing. Anyway. Yeah. Um, so I did commerce and the teacher was literally just playing episode after episode of The Apprentice. Um, Donald Trump was The Apprentice guy at the time. Yeah. Oh my God. Man. That's so pretty I, cool. I loved it. So <laughs> I, I used to, I just loved I loved seeing it. I loved seeing business. I loved seeing the the hustle, the, the, the competitive environment. Um, I loved seeing like just anyone who has an idea, has a vision, go out there, execute, and make something yeah. of themselves. So that really attracted me to business. And then so I put the two together: numbers, business. Oh, it makes sense. That's it, right? Yeah, so yeah. I ended up becoming accountant. So I did that. Um, that's how I became an accountant. So I decided to become an accountant. I went through uni. Did my CA, did a semester overseas um, in America, um, learned a bit about international did business. Wow, yeah, that's cool. oh, it was the best. It was the best. In America. Um, Whereabouts in America did you go? Um, Oregon, Oregon State. Oh, so yeah. Okay. California. Oh, yeah, cool. Um, amazing. You realize when you go to America, in Australia, you learn like business, Australian business, you think it's like this big deal. And then when I was in America, we were literally like, they didn't know what Australia was. Like, Literally. <laughs> right. Unbelievable. Yeah, I've been so, to America as well, so oh, I know, yeah. The best. And so, but the accent definitely helps in college. Um, I d- and, uh, yeah, what a, especially for a man. Oh, mate. Yeah. yeah. 
Because I, I went to America as well when as for a gap year when I finished high school. Yeah, yeah. But did I mention sure. you? Yeah. That's all good. So I know. Yeah. Awesome. So um, no, it was good. Um, went to, did the college life. It was fantastic. And then I think I developed a thicker Aussie accent. By the oh time. yeah, because they want you to have it. <laughs> yeah, so, um, and they, did, how many times did you get asked if you ride a kangaroo to school? Oh, for Halloween I was Steve Irwin. Oh, that's awesome. <laughs> it was the best. Oh my god, yeah. it so fun. Oh, it was the best. So I would highly anyone like who's in business or anyone who's aspiring to be in business, you got to go get a taste of what it's like in the like grand scheme of things yep. and then you realize like you're not alone yeah as a owner. um you know there's there's some big stuff out there so that's it was awesome. that's great yeah. right yeah, yeah wow yeah that's definitely. cool and what were your parents like letting, did your parents let you do that was it hard to <laughs> get your parents to let you um, do that it's funny my mom <laughs> my mom wasn't allowed at the airport because if she got there she'd cry too much oh, no. <laughs> because her only son going overseas oh so. yeah um no it was good they were really supportive oh, that's um, good. that was good and um I was a good boy, so uh, it was all good. Oh, I'm, I'm sure you <laughs> <Yeah>. were. <laughs> that was really good. So good. So. Okay, cool. And then um, after, when you got back from America, you continued to study and then... For sure, yeah. And then you finished your um, studies and then started this business? That's exactly right. So when I got back, I came back to a firm called Nexia. Um, I was an undergrad there, so that was sort of through uni. I was doing uni full-time mm-hmm. and then getting my experience... Uh, sorry, I was doing uni part-time accounting full-time. Um, did that for a while in the corporate world um, and then went to a smaller firm um, and that's when I really got a taste of small business. So in the, like I was in the mid-tiers at NXCR, you learn a lot about you know, some bigger fish, mm-hmm. bigger clients, uh, a lot of old wealth, a lot of structural, technical stuff, um, which is good. You get a lot of technical skills, but going to a small business environment was... That's when I actually realised I love small business. Uh, yeah. This is what I want to do. And it was it more hands on as well, like oh, it's smaller environment, you have more absolutely. tasks to do, right? Uh, yeah. yeah. So it's like in the in the big firms, it was like giving a simple example, yeah, yeah. setting up a company, right? You just send the stuff, the you know, you'll have some admin to mm-hmm. push it through and make it happen. But at a small firm it was like I had to figure out how okay, how do I sell the company? I know all the data, but how do I actually go and do it? Yeah, yeah. So just the small stuff you don't, you take for granted almost. Okay, so you're like in the deep end too in the small company. Oh, for sure. Like my first day, um, it was actually the day before I started, my boss called me up and he said, do you know what zero is? And I was like, look, I've heard about the software, but not really. He's like, okay, you're teaching a client zero tomorrow morning. (laughs) That's the first thing you're going to do. Oh my God. So you have to figure it out. Yeah. The best advice I ever got was like, figure it out. Yeah. Just take your time, figure it out. If you have any final questions, come see me. But you would just have to go learn it yourself in yeah. your yards. And that was the best. Like, I really enjoyed that. I oh, that. that's good. Yeah, that's yeah, good. Awesome. And then how did you start your company? How did I start my yes. firm? Okay, <laughs> cool. okay yeah. so um, I left uh, that small firm. So all up, that was about six or seven years. Oh, wow. Maybe six years, yeah. Um, got married, came back, um, and went back to a small business, um, and realized, um, I, I was a manager at the time, um, and I realized this is probably something I could do myself. Um, so I left, um, and started advisory corp accountants. That was about a year and a bit ago now. Um, I started with the vision of advisory corp. The name is advisory is to be the trusted advisor mm-hmm. um and that's what i feel like small businesses need someone they can 100%. call up and just vent a little bit especially during COVID, it's just like yeah. um so i really want to be the trusted advisor for small businesses our vision is to be um 
we see business as something that creates opportunity for families, for communities, and that's what we focus on. Um, that's our purpose, essentially. So um, that's what Advisor Corp Accountants does. Mm-hmm. Um, it's a full-service accounting firm. Um, there's a little bit of consulting that we do as well. Um, but pretty much everything, right from starting a business to, you know, I'm up to two mil, now I've got to maybe exit or, you know, bring some other owners on or da 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 um, we do some of the complex stuff as well. But it's amazing seeing our clients start out and then and grow. grow. That's oh, that's awesome. Yeah, sure. Do you have um, any, like, employees working for you? Well, at the moment, um, we've got, I know it, like, I'm... Um, Pretty well in the industry, so we know we have a good network of oh, awesome. referrals if we want to oh, um, awesome. you know push anything out to anywhere. But um, employees is something we're looking at the next year. Yeah, yeah um, first year, so that's, yeah, that's first awesome. year in trade. Um, and it was like it started out on the side. I got my taxation number on the side. Was doing some jobs, and then I was just like, I got inundated, and I was just like, I have to go for it. Yeah, um, awesome. Gets that tipping point where you just got to go for it. Yeah, that's, that's what cool. I did, so. And you also do business um, consulting as well. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. So um, along the way, I met a lady who headed up the foundational business uh, center in Rouse Hill, and that's where our office is actually. Um, and I've been yeah doing a bit of consulting uh, through them um, and a little bit through Advisory Corp, um, and that is really just. It comes off the back of like when you're an accountant, a client will call you up for most decisions sort of thing. Um, but not every decision necessarily is accounting related. So there needs to be the consulting piece. Um, and I really think having started a business myself, having seen the grassroots small business, it sort of gives me that edge over someone just in the corporate world. Mm. So that's why we do a bit more consulting. And that's yeah, I do think that that is, um, it's great to have that in your business. I yeah. find that, I probably don't ask my own accountant very much yeah. about business advice or yeah. kind of financial advice where to go yeah, yeah. with things sure. because I just kind of think oh she like she's just there for my tax like yeah, yeah, but yeah. maybe I need to be asking yeah, yeah. more like business related questions. Not for sure. Yeah. And each accountant's a little bit different. Some mm. might just be just tax and that's okay. Um, but some like to get a bit more hands on. Yeah. If you're calling me, you know, every day, I mean, I have to charge for it, but... <laughs> yeah, that's yeah, right. right. Time like, is money, yeah. Honestly. But if it's a... I, I love, like, the rule is, whenever you're making a big decision, you need to call me. I need to be your first point of contact. So whether that's, you know, naming your child, um, or, <laughs> or recommending Jacob, obviously, or, yeah, yeah. you know, or I'm buying a property, or, you know, we're hiring, or something like that, you need to be in talking with your accountant, for yeah. sure. Um, just because it's better to get it right before That's the right. decision. And then come running to you with big mistakes. Big problems, yeah. <laughs> yeah, debt. So, <laughs> yeah, so, no. no. Um, so you did tell me earlier that you have worked with a few beauty industry professionals. Can you maybe um, yeah, talk about that and what kind of industries that you've worked with in For the sure. beauty industry? For sure. So yeah. ironically, remember how I told you the story I was teaching someone zero? Yes. Um, that was actually a beauty client. Oh, wow. Um, yeah, so... I use Zero um, for my businesses. Oh, yeah. the best. It's so, so good. 100%. So yeah. we're Zero funds. I highly advise it. Yeah. <laughs> but, um, no, so um, she was in Full Range Beauty in Alexandra. She had a salon. Yeah, cool. Um, and that was great. I learned a lot um, about the beauty industry from that. It's a very competitive world. It is, um, yeah. And there's a lot of hard yards that go into it. Yeah. Um, so it's a difficult industry to be a part of, but there's some money to be made. Um, and then, so that was full service beauty. She had tanning beds. Um, she did makeup, um, pretty much everything. Um, then I've got, I picked up a couple along the way who 
you know, you might specialise in eyelashes, um, eyebrows. That's yeah, that's, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, and then just a general makeup uh, sort of thing. What I find about beauty clients is um, they'll love, they just start off loving makeup, loving doing makeup. And yes. Then, They'll realise okay, I'm actually good at this. Yeah. And they'll start. And they start friends. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> so that's how it sort of goes. And then it's like accidental sometimes. Honestly, yeah. Yeah, with my um makeup business, it was almost like kind of that story. Yeah. Like I was very good at doing my own makeup yeah. and then I used to get asked a lot by yeah. people on the street really? if I would do their makeup. Oh, and right. I would say no, because I'm like, yeah. I'm not like a professional, I don't know what I'm doing. Yeah. Um and then eventually I started doing friends and family mm. and then it turned into a business that way yeah, yeah. so I can see how if um like I obviously have another business I have a graphic design business right. but if you're someone that it just accidentally becomes a makeup artist yeah. and then to turn it into a business it's a big deal for it to be a business how are you going to manage all your finances and your income and That's profit right. and loss like um yeah you it, it's I feel like it's great to have you here to talk <laughs> about this Appreciate because that. I also find a lot of people that are in the beauty industry can not always, but a lot of the time have a very creative mind mm. and be less about the numbers and more about the like creative or, you know, management side of things and, and less about, yeah, like sure. finance, financial side of things. 100%, yeah. So in saying that, what are some common mistakes you see in the beauty industry with people like me and myself who <laughs> accidentally become... You didn't make mistakes. <laughs> I mean, no, I'm, so I'm really bad at math. So I'm yeah, terrible yeah. at numbers. Yeah. So I need to have like a good accountant yeah. to be like, Amy, like, what are you doing? Here? Yeah. This is so bad. Like, oh, yeah. And I've had like a lot of tax like problems where yeah. I'm like, oh my God, I didn't want my tax and oh. now I've got this fine. Yeah, yeah. 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 Like you said, honestly, when people start out, they're creative, they love, you know, whatever it is they're doing and they just don't think about the numbers. Like, and right. I don't blame them. Like mm. I get it. Right. So unless you have, you know, a family or a friend or someone who drills the importance right. to you, you won't really you won't know. Yeah. yeah. So common mistakes, um, probably the biggest, biggest mistake, um, is, using your personal bank account mm -hmm. for business transactions yes. and then trying to do your tax at the end of the year and it's all, just, it's all one hot mess right you've got business expenses going out of your personal account you don't know what income is what you might have a job at the time what's salary credits what's my business credits you might be getting a bit of cash you don't know you haven't recorded that sort of mm -hmm. thing so those are that's a massive mistake so what we always advise is when you set up your business the first thing you need to do is start a new bank account and put that just for your business. That way, yeah. all your upfront costs, all your income at the end of the year will be very easily um, reconciled in yeah. that account. So that's one thing. Uh, not setting up or getting an ABN um, is another thing. Um, so obviously when you start a business, you need a business number. <laughs> not a lot of people um, are get aware those. Of that, yeah. Yeah. Some people are, some people aren't. Um, registering for GST, um, sometimes if you're uber successful early on and you hit over that 75k threshold like you know very early on you should be registered for gst mm -hmm. um some people don't know that either they don't register for gst or um sorry either they are registered for mm -hmm. gst which is good or they don't register but they still include gst on invoices that's very common. So really? just because when you go online, all the invoice templates have like uh, GST on there. So they think I've got to charge GST, but they're not registered for GST. What do they do in that? What happens mm. then? If you're not registered yeah. for GST and you didn't make over the 75k threshold, yeah. 
and but you've been charging GST. Yeah. That needs now go for sure to the yeah, government for sure because. So GST is a consumer tax, right? Yeah. It's not, as a business owner, you shouldn't hold on you to it. You can't have it. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> it passes through you. Exactly. Right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. So, I understand that, but yeah. that's so weird that people would yeah. do that. Oh, very common. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Really? Yeah. Okay. And look, and maybe other mistakes, honestly, people just, it piles up. Like, you don't they, you don't hear from the ATO the first year you don't watch this action, right? Yeah, of course yeah. not. It's like three years later and it's like exactly. $200,000 exactly. or something. It's like, <laughs> yeah. you know, a couple of years later, you've, you've, you've all got a hot mess on your account um, and you get a fine or a call or something like that yeah. and then you realise, okay, and then you have to backtrack and a massive, massive one actually, and you got me on this, is when people are employees, um, they have their tax withheld by their employer. Yes. But as a business owner... That doesn't happen. No, you have you're to pay the person that exactly. has to withhold it. Yeah. So when someone's used to refund, refund, refund every year, and then the first year they start a business, they haven't put any they money away, it, yeah. and then now yeah, they're yeah. just stuck. They think they made all this money, and then they hit them with a tax bill, and that's a, it's a crap day. Yeah. <laughs> so, I've, I've been there. Yeah. <laughs> it's, uh, it's very common. So yeah, I think yeah. there are a few of the mistakes um, we often see, but um, yeah. That's good. That's, that's like... Some really good things you've touched yeah. on there. So we'll talk about how we can um, work on all those mistakes. Oh, for sure. <laughs> um, just quickly, because we will go into more detail with some of the content we've got here now. Yeah. But uh, what are some top tips you would give people like me, makeup yeah. artists in the beauty industry, or yeah. anyone else in the beauty industry managing their finances and for sure. and their income? What so are some tips? that number one, set up a new bank account. That mm-hmm. has to be done. Um, number two, keep track of the income. And make sure if you are at that GST threshold. So I think we've got a question here about the GST. I might touch yeah, on that. Yeah, yeah, we'll now. touch on that. Yeah, so so when do you register for GST? Um, if you're at 75k turnover or you project that you're going to be at 75k turnover, um, you need to register for GST within 21 days. Um, so that you get an accountant or you can actually just go online and do it yourself mm-hmm. uh, and register. Um, at that point, you then have to start charging GST on invoices and then anything you spend that has GST on it, you get to claim that back as well. Um, so that kicks off the GST process. Um, so that's another one uh, you'd need to be doing. Mm-hmm. Getting something like zero. Uh, I know you mentioned earlier you're a zero user yourself. Yeah. Um, zero is amazing. Um, we're zero partners. We highly um, advocate for it. It just simplifies your finances and helps you see and get a finger on the pulse of what's going in mm-hmm. and out of your business. Some people are just spending and then they don't realize what's happening to their bank account, it's going up or down. They don't realize if someone owes them money. Um, whereas in zero, you can send invoices, you can send yeah. reminders. You're having a good, healthy business and you're creating really good practices for as you, yeah. as you get bigger. It's also um, really easy for you yeah. at tax time to oh, go through everything, right? Because everything's all there for you and you connect exactly. your business accounts, hey, exactly. your bank account, sorry, and exactly. then the, the statement lines come through easier exactly. for you. Yeah. yeah, so all Zero is doing is connecting, snapping into that business bank account and then you're um, allocating where that expense or income or balance sheet item, where that is. Um, so it's a great tool um, and we do Zero training for clients. I've got clients who are tradies but are now bookkeepers. Like, oh, that's awesome. So it's good. Yeah. Um, that the other main thing is the structuring piece. Um, so you'll find a lot of the time when people start businesses, they'll just go straight to Soul Trader. Um, Soul Trader is good, um, but it has its pitfalls. So 
it's easy, quick to set up, um, and it's pretty cheap for a tax return. Um, but your assets are not protected yes. because you don't have the corporate veil between right. yourself and the business. Yeah. Um, and the tax rate can go up to 47 to 49% depending mm-hmm. on the income year. Yeah. So there's a few pitfalls of that, um, especially if you're getting a commercial lease or you're entering a solid arrangement. You have to think about a company or a trust or something along those lines that would help you mitigate some of those risks. So that structuring piece, the best advice to any small business is before you set up or as it starts to get a little bit serious, just get on the phone to your or an accountant, yeah. make an inquiry, sit down for 20 minutes and talk to someone who knows what they're doing um, and they'll like that'll save you years of like not doing taxes and getting into that mess. Do you know mm-hmm. what I mean? Yeah. So, um, yeah, that's some advice. I've that's great through. advice. Sure. Yeah. Um, I've done both. So I've been a company, but then I'm, I was a company before yeah. coronavirus and then I went oh, back okay, yeah. to a sole trader because yeah. it worked out better. Okay. But after yeah. I spoke to my accountant, <laughs> she good. advised that. So, yeah, awesome. yeah, but yeah, yeah, no, that is um, really good advice. Thanks for, for sure. sharing that. Right. Now I've got a few questions here um, that I would like, like to discuss with you. Mm. So what's the truth about paying no tax and an explanation of how taxes generally work? Yeah. Um, as you said here, a lot of people, um, <laughs> my friend makes so much money and pays no tax. This is like the standard 101. Yeah, but this bloke told me I was doing this and he's paying no tax. How come I'm paying so much tax? Oh, you must hear that a lot. No. <laughs> <laughs> um, but look, um, I, enjoy, I enjoy educating my clients and potential clients about, you know, sort of how how it works come tax mm-hmm. time and come taxes in general yeah no one likes paying taxes it's not the prettiest thing you'll ever do um your money could be better spent elsewhere but it's a part of life it's that's death right. and taxes right <laughs> so um the truth about paying no tax the only two ways of paying no tax is you're not profitable so there's no money to tax so if someone tells you you're not paying tax they might not be profitable um and the other one is if you're doing something dodgy or uh, a bit shifty and that will get caught out eventually. Today's day and age, there's too much data. There's just, there's... You get caught. Oh, so easily. Yeah, you get caught. Um, every day I'm signed up to an accountant's daily and I'm seeing emails of this, per, da, 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 this da. it's very ugly. So the best thing to do with your taxes um, is obviously you need a proactive tax strategy. You shouldn't just go splashing money on taxes because you don't know what you're doing. You need an accountant who's across the tax laws and can help you minimize tax where it's legally possible. Um, so like that structuring piece, right? If you can go to a company at 25%, 26% this year, 25% next year, instead of 47% as a sole trader, that's something you can do legally. If you can buy equipment and write it off for tax purposes, that's a great thing to do. Like. You, there are some scopes within the law. You just have to um, abide by those things. So I just there's always this question about, oh, we pay no tax, and that's generally when they're paying no tax. I don't believe that. <laughs> there's generally a couple of reasons to buy that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So no, that's, that's, yeah. that's great. Um, yeah. I feel like some people that just start out in business, they, mm. they assume there's going to be some magical way Honestly. to avoid tax. Mm. If they've just started, like they, they just assume, like, mm. like there's some magical way. If I don't 
if I don't ever lodge anything. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They'll never know, right? Like, I hear this a lot. Yeah, yeah. Because I'm a graphic designer, I hear a bit of stories from, like, my Mm. clients. So, yeah, I hear this, like, oh, like, you know, if I just don't tell them I'm doing this, I won't know. What advice would you say (laughs) with that? (laughs) I, um, I actually, the other day, this is what was getting the crap out of me. I got an, uh, an email from Accountants Daily and one of the um, one of the cases that came up was they data matched someone's bank account credits um, versus what they lodged. And so before there was no like, I mean, it you wasn't this it wasn't this closely tracked, right? Now, if your credits aren't matching what you lodge on your buzzers or what you lodge on your tax returns, there's a discrepancy that the ATO can feel. They benchmark you, right? So if you're in the graphic design or beauty industry, you're benchmarked to everyone else in the graphic design and beauty industry. So if there's a discrepancy, it's very, there's no, it's no brain like It's very quick that, okay, you're here and everyone else is here. Show us what's happening here. Yeah, okay. Um, Single touch payroll. So, um, you know, you've got to be paying a super, you've got to be withholding the tax because you're lodging it now every week to the ATO or every month or whatever your payroll cycle is. Yeah. yeah, so I mean, it's just it's just important to, to make sure you're across these things. Make sure you have a good accountant by your side. Um, it'll save you a lot of headache and drama. Okay, you've got we've got this point here. Mm. Uh, when you're running a business versus a hobby, how yeah. how do we pay mm. tax with that? How does so, that work? For sure. So I think this ties in with like some people just don't realize they're in business because they're just family and friends and whatever, yeah. and, and they don't. That's why sometimes they don't lodge a tax return with a business schedule on it. Sometimes it's just you, you just don't know these things, right? So um, to determine when you're in business or when you're, um, it's just a hobby, um, there's a few different criteria that ATO looks at. Mm-hmm. And there's even a tool online where you can go in and it, it will give you a guide as to whether it's more a business or a hobby. But some of the main things are, I always give the example of, um, I might bring it to makeup, to makeup actually. Like let's say you're good at your makeup, whatever. You go over, there's a party, and you do your friend's makeup. Obviously, you're not running a business at that point. You're just helping someone out with yeah. your makeup, right? Then someone might be at the party. Your friend's got nice makeup. Hey, who did your makeup? Oh, it was Amy. Go hit her up for makeup. Da, 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 da. So let's say that second person now, you're doing makeup. It starts to, like, you're using up all your material. It starts to cost you a bit of money. Um, if you're just covering your expenses almost, it's still somewhat okay. But where okay. you get to a point where it's like, okay, I'm more than covering my expenses. I'm starting to make a profit. I've got a commercial little space. Mm-hmm. I get the ring light and I get the, you know, <laughs> the mirror and the yeah. makeup kit and the, you know, and I'm, I'm starting to do this for more people. It starts to become um, repetitive. Now you're in business sort of thing. So mm-hmm. um, there's no one like criteria that now you're in a business, but it's a combination of these things. If you're in there, you're making a profit, you're commercially running it, you're doing repetitive activities, mm-hmm. um, that's going to be more of a business. So okay. it's just, it's good to have that clear distinction mm-hmm. of what is and what isn't a business. Yeah. yeah. Um, I want to ask about cash. Yeah. yeah, yeah. So, um, sometimes I get asked by, um, like other makeup artists and mm-hmm. stuff, um, is it okay to, like, some people will say, you have to pay me cash, mm. but that, I, that is that okay? I don't think that's okay, right? Like I don't know the technicalities on yeah. the merchant side. However, um, like, you can accept whatever... You can accept, yeah, yeah, yeah. but you can't enforce that people know. pay cash. I don't know. Can you? Can. I don't, because what I'm starting to see is people 
forcing no cash mm. um, and just digital now. Yeah. So it's like, I always get a little bit, if you're asking just for cash, um, I would advise you take notes of, you know, how much cash is coming into your business um, so you can report it at yeah. tax time. But um, I don't know if they can just enforce cash or just enforce digital either. Mm. Because if either one of them is wrong, the other has to be wrong. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, I know what you mean. I do so, agree with that. Um, and then with like some makeup artists, they might get paid a lot in cash. Yeah. And then that way they might not claim it. Mm. Like, how does that work? If you, yeah. if, if the taxman goes, okay, well, I know that you probably yeah. made over this much. Yeah. Where's the cash that you're hiding from me? Like, does that happen? Yeah, oh, yeah, yeah. So like I said, like if your buzzers don't match your industry standard, if you're expect like, like no one pays, like everyone who's putting their expenses through is paying it because like digitally, because they want that, they want to claim the expense. Mm. They just want everything. <laughs> um, so if you've got an expense, like if you've got a lot of expenses, well, where's that income? How are you paying all this stuff? Mm. I've, I've honestly um, heard of, okay, here's your life on Instagram. That doesn't match up to the tax returns you've been lodging. Wait, wait, that's happened? Yeah. I've heard about but the ACO does this? Yeah, yeah. I, I've, not, I've not seen it directly, but I have heard about instances of this. Um, this is your life on socials. What do you mean you only... This is your land. You mean under 18,000. What do you mean? Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. It's very... This is a thing. Like, yeah. We're, we're moving into an information age. Like, it, there's no more... Gone are those days. Like, yeah, of, you can hide you know, stuff. Yeah, yeah. And, you know, but we're not magicians. Like, we're, you, you've got to... It is what it is you sometimes. Must do all you know? this stuff. But we wouldn't want you to, like, yeah. be, magici- be a magician. Yeah. yeah. It's a misconception, but I think... Especially when someone gets burnt, they realize later on, like everyone, it, and it, it becomes, look, I obviously want to get as much as I can. However, keep me within the law because no one wants to earn money to the ATO. No one wants to earn money to the government because it will eventually get to you. It will. Yeah, yeah so, I know. That's yeah. good advice again. Yeah. Um, okay, let's talk about how to set up a business. So yeah. how do you get an a- ABN yeah. um, and structure structure op- options that you can look at? Yeah, yeah. Um, I get asked this a lot actually, but yeah. I obviously, yeah, with, yeah. with graphic design, I get oh, people coming yeah, to me yeah, wanting to do a logo and they're like, hey, how do I set up my business? And I'm like, I don't know. <laughs> I just dumb. make your logo just do pretty. Do it for you. I'll teach you. Just uh, let me know. <laughs> um, nah, so... Uh, Okay, so how to get an ABN is really simple. Um, you go on the Australian Business Registry um, and then you can set up an ABN. It'll take you 15, 20 minutes. Um, what I would advise before you go setting up an ABN um, is just, like I said, sit down with an accountant, 15, 20 minutes. It doesn't have to be you know anything spectacular. Um, and we offer these for free. Like I'm happy to spend time with someone who wants to open up a business. It's a good oh, thing. that's cool. 100%. It's yeah. a good thing. You're doing great. You're going to employ people later. In my eyes, business owners are the pinnacle of everything. They're the most selfless. They give more than they take. I like that. It's yeah. the best. So, um, how to set up. Go over some structuring options. Have, a, have an idea of what it is you're doing. Um, so, know your, like, know your offering. And then just sit down with your accountant and say, look, this is X, Y, and Z. This is what I'm thinking. These are the expenses associated. And these are the risks associated with my business. If there's a lot of risk involved in your business, it might be worth setting up a company instantly. If there's not a lot of risk and you can sort of just test it out for a little bit, 
just go as a sole trader. You can just go as a sole trader, mm -hmm. figure it out for a little bit, and then if you want to go into a company later on, you can do that too. So, oh, sorry, I'm Yeah, that's right. So, <laughs> um, there's a few different structures. The sole trader, the company, the trust, um, that's pretty much it. Mm -hmm. And then, and variation of all these different uh, things, and it can look pretty big. But start as the sole trader, you are the business. Um, so, there's no risk protection because you are personally liable for everything. Yeah, so, so if you you've don't got pay a lot of tax. Yeah, you... yeah, you're up. Yeah. So, if you've got a lot of assets and you've built up some wealth, we never, ever, ever advise sole trader. But if you're just starting out, you haven't got many assets, um, and it's you're just seeing how you go, potentially a good idea for you. Um, as you move up the um, scale, sorry, sole trader, cheap, simple, um, effective to some degree. Can get high tax rates um, because top marginal rate is like, like we said, 47 to 49%. The next structure over is a company. Um, when you set up a company, the main thing you're doing is inserting a corporate veil between yourself and the business. So mm -hmm. it's something that divides the risk. Now you're a separate entity. You and the business are two completely different things. It does get a little bit more complex come tax time. Um, so because you have to prepare the financial statements, you have to do the tax return, and you might also have to be an employee of your business mm -hmm. because you have to get the money somehow. Um, so generally it's done through an employee relationship. Um, then the uh, the next one, uh, and the tax rate's down again. So yeah. right now it's 26%, next year it's actually 25% for a company. Oh, really? So the tax rates are good, yeah. That's a good tax rate. Yeah, so... But then yeah sorry go on. with the company mm. there is a, a fee to set that company yeah, up yeah that's right so the rough price of what it would cost to set a company up is some it's in accounting is only one to 1.5 to two depending on who you go yes yeah. it's about one to two k let's call it one to two is k that to the fee you're paying mm. to the accountant that's the fee you're paying to the accountant is there the a fee for the actual setup of the company yeah, though, there is. in the asset correct yeah, yeah. so Generally, the accountant will absorb that when when they're ah, okay, so yeah. you're paying for part labor, part legal cost, and part asset cost. Okay. To set it up. Yeah. Um, so there's that, and then annually, like you're probably looking at for a company, depending on how big, anywhere from two to six k, depending on who you are and what you're sort of doing. Annually, um, that's the fee. Yeah. The fine, sorry, fee. You have yeah, to pay. that's the fee you'll be paying yeah. um, for the company lodgements, um, tax returns, financials, etc., minutes, all that. Sort oh, of okay, it's not too bad. Yeah, it's okay. So then you move up to a trust. Mm -hmm. As a trust, a trust is not. I'm not sure if you've had much experience with a trust. Yeah, but yeah. There you go. So a trust is not um, an an entity that gets taxed. Rather, it um, it's a look. It, it it sends profits out to various entities. It still trades, but it needs a trustee to trade for it. Mm -hmm. It's a bit complex, um, but the best thing about a trust is that you have profit distribution options for yourself. So if you've got a family group and you set up a business um, and it's like it's an established, good, solid business, trading in a trust allows you, instead of paying top margin rate or company rate, you can distribute profits to each member in yeah. your family group. Yeah. Um, and you have discretion over where that income goes. So they're your structuring options. When you're starting out, you're probably on the you know, sole trader company end. As you graduate, you're probably on a company trust end. But it's important to get this right from the start because it costs money to move from a structure yeah. to another structure. Yeah. And there's sometimes complications along the way. Um, CGT, stamp duty, uh, there's other taxes involved. Mm -hmm. So... Get a good idea of where you want to be 10, 15 years from now, 
and then sit down with an accountant and discuss that vision and then they'll help you structure to suit where you're where you want to go yeah no that's great mm. um, okay so how do we keep receipts what's some good tips mm. for that because i'm hopeless yeah, yeah. and keep track of business expenses mm. um obviously with receipts like you want to take a photo of them hey and like yeah what are some tips on how to keep mm. all those like organized and everything yeah so there's a, you've got a few different options mm -hmm. um obviously the old school method is grab a shoebox um every receipt chuck it in that shoebox um, your accountant is going to hate you <laughs> if you do that. But um, the, the good news is if you have that bank account that we talked about setting up, all your business expenses should be in that bank account. And it's only under like if it's getting audited or if, you know, there's a big transaction and I just need to verify the receipt with my client, I will ask for the receipt. Yes, but if the every day, should, you should have you, everything, yeah. You have to. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You have to keep your records. So you need written records for 99% of things. There's some things that you don't need written mm -hmm. records for. Um, so the, the best option is one shoebox it, so grab that receipt, chuck in the shoebox, and then when you need it, you need it. Oh yeah, so I heard of, um, mm. what's it called? There's like a receipt, there's like a receipt back. Yeah, how do That's it, yeah. I've got a subscription. Oh, I was no, use it. Yeah, yeah, so if you've got zero, and you're paying the $60, I think it's about 60 bucks a month premium, you get HubDoc for free. I'm paying 50 bucks a month. For, yeah, that's fine. I think you should get HubDoc for free. Oh, good. Yeah. Um, I've been using Dropbox, so I'll grab my yeah, phone perfect. and it's connected to my computer perfect. and I'll and then I've got my accountant linked into my Dropbox. Perfect. So I'll yeah. put it in there. Love that. So, yeah. so Shoebox, uh, Electronic, which is the drop Dropbox idea, that's great. Um, Dropbox is really good because, yeah, both people can access it and you just, you're uploading and if you've got a good naming system, it works well. The next one over is to have um, a receipt bank or a hub doc, like you mentioned, mm -hmm. linked to your accounting software. So we have clients who, you know, are out on the road or whatever, buy something, take a photo of it, and that uploads it straight to the accounting software. Um, so that, That's cool. Yeah, it's cool. So that when anyone, every single transaction has a receipt to it. That's great. It's, yeah, it's nice and neat for bookkeeping, and then if you need it, it's always there. So. Yeah, it must, and it must get so annoying when you're doing people's tax and you <laughs> yeah. don't know what the transaction is. Yeah, that's the hard That must annoy you yeah, so yeah, yeah. much. Oh, yeah. yeah, look, uh, like I said, so the way we do it is I train all my clients how we offer, if you're a client and you're paying a monthly retainer, you get free zero training, um, and you get um, free within reason phone calls to us if anything's, you know, sort of where do I do this? What do I do with mm -hmm. this? Da, da, da. Um, so we, we have a discussion tab. So anytime there's something I don't understand or That's they don't cool. understand, yeah, we're just writing. Is that notes. in zero? It's in zero, yeah. Oh, I have to turn yeah. my account to <laughs> She's pretty cool. She calls me yeah. like straight away. She's like, Amy, you need to tell me what this is. Yeah, like, yeah, yeah. <laughs> That's standard account conversation. Yeah, yeah. I've had some bad accounts. Yeah, yeah. I'll be honest with you. I have some really dodgy ones that don't like even... Yeah, yeah. Let me know that they've lodged my tax and then I get a bill and I'm like, um, I don't know what's going on. Yeah. yeah but now she's been good, this new yeah. one. Okay, so what can I claim and how do I cut my taxes the most? <laughs> okay, how do you cut your taxes the most, essentially, um, is make sure you're structured correctly. So you're paying the right tax rate, depending on your structure, mm -hmm. um, and do some tax planning. Um, so this is a really important one that not a lot of small businesses often do. Um, so around... April to June, April, May, June sort of thing, or get on the phone or sit down with your accountant if you've got a good relationship with them um, and ask them, what, how can I, this is what I made throughout the year, what am I doing to save me some tax before the end of financial year? 
So we have a checklist, um, which I think we got in there. Um, mm. I can send you a link to it if you'd like. Yeah. Um, That'd be good if we could link that in this, if yeah. you're happy to share Absolutely. that. Absolutely. Yeah, yeah, it's yeah. a free resource. So um, that's got like 10, um, 10 or 15 items of, for example, um, end of financial year comes around and you're thinking about buying something, mm -hmm. um, buy it before the end of financial year so that you get the write-off in that financial year. Around then there's always the, the budget. So take into consideration what the budget is saying. If the budget, like for example, we'll go through some of the budget measures um, in a minute, but if they're giving you incentives, take those incentives. Mm -hmm. If you can contribute, uh, if it's tax effective for you to contribute to super, have a think about contributing to super. If you can delay some invoices, um, potentially delay some of those invoices um, if you're on cash basis and the income falls in the next year and not this yeah. year. So it's all about lowering the taxable profit um, to help you pay a bit less tax. Um, if you're going to pay out bonuses, consider paying out bonuses. And that way, like a lot of people leave the money in the company, pay tax at you know whatever rate, 25 to 30%, mm. but individually they were at a lower rate. So you may as well just pay that over. But you can only do that before the financial year, so I think. So, okay. Well, there's you, there's a few different ways of doing it, but it's, it's always best. Private health insurance, one of them. It's a great one. Private health insurance. If you earn over ninety k individually or one eighty as a couple, um, you have to pay Medicare levy surcharge. So everyone pays Medicare levy if you're an Australian resident. Mm -hmm. Some people pay a surcharge because they make too much money mm -hmm. and they're trying to push you into the private system opposed to the public system. Mm -hmm. So if you can find yourself a hospital cover. Um, you know, for, for a price you're happy with, um, instead of paying the surcharge, just pay and get private health insurance, right? Yeah. So then you're at least using it. Exactly. Rather so than just paying it. Instead of donating it. <laughs> yeah. Right? Um, so that's, that's a great one actually. Um, and then, uh, what are some other ones? Yeah. Just bring forward expenses, um, push back, uh, uh, push back stuff, cap, capital gains, right? Let's say someone wants to sell a property, let's say, they're an individual, they're a business owner, and they've got a property. Capital gains tax, um, if, you're, if you've held an asset for longer than one year, um, you get a capital gains, uh, capital gains tax discount. Okay. So you're literally halving your capital gain, or sorry, quarter off your capital gain if you hold it for longer than one year. Okay. So if you're about to sell an asset, this is why you need to be on the phone with your accountant. Mm -hmm. Hey, I'm about to sell this. What's the tax going to be if I do? And then we might say, look, mate, you've got one more month until you've held it for 12 months. Can you wait? Sometimes it's not always practical just for tax. You have to consider everything combined. Is this good for my business? Is this good for my life? And then you think about the tax consequences as well. Okay. Sometimes someone may, no, no, I need to sell now. I need the cash. Yeah. Flow, da, 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 da. You can't. You can't always save on your tax. Exactly. But there's just some. That's right. Tools you can use. Exactly. Possibly. Yeah. Exactly. So that's what we always say. A lot of my clients call me up and just say, yeah, how can I save tax? I heard I can just buy something and then I'll get another tax. Yeah, but then you're like, well, we just spend that money. To Correct. That. <laughs> exactly. So do you need the expense you're about to buy? Does it give you an ROI in your business or does it help mm. you out in your lifestyle? And then what's the most tax effective way to do this thing? So yeah. it's just, it's an afterthought we need to think about. But there are a couple of tips. I'll send you the checklist. We'll have some more. On yeah, that's awesome. I'll link yeah. it in the YouTube um, 
episode that we put up sure. and that way people can have a look at that because that's honestly so valuable yeah. i feel for sure so thank you for sharing sure. that with us Absolutely. Um, and then you wanted to talk about the federal budget and what mm. that actually means for my business mm. so that's a good one um the federal budget is like for most people the most boring night of the year <laughs> um for accountants it's like the super bowl is it <laughs> yeah, oh my god that's so this weird. one was like off top this year, <laughs> this year we had the uh the u.s election the oh budget. yeah it's all happening you know? that's so funny so, i don't um, think i even good. knew any of those things are going on. Do you know that yeah. I didn't even know the US election was like going on? Like I, I don't have it. I don't watch TV. Yeah, like, right. I'm just like always doing graffiti or makeup. Yeah. Like I don't do anything other than that. Yeah, yeah. And then my friend's like, Oh my god, did you hear about like no, the yeah. election? And I'm like, No, yeah. when did that happen? She's like, Just yeah. then. And I'm like, Oh my god, that's insane. Man. Yeah. I, sometimes I wish I could just switch away from it because it's very confusing. Yeah, it's important for your business. That's right. Yeah. So I mean, it, you. you, you it is what it is. You've got to do it. Um, so yeah, awesome. the budget's good. Um, the budget, this budget is a job creation budget. So mm. obviously COVID happened. There was a lot of stimulus flying around. Um, but generally speaking, Australia came into COVID with a good balance sheet as a country. So we didn't owe a lot of debt as a country. Um, we were always trying to maintain budget mm. surpluses and mm. a healthy balance sheet. So that meant when something like this happens the um, government can now start spending to help stimulate the economy. And some of the ways they're doing that is um, there's three main items for small business owners. One is that instant asset write-off. So if you're in the beauty industry, let's say, um, and you want to buy yourself a new tanning bed or you want to buy yourself a new... Um, Everyone has this light with the mirrors and the, yeah, all the fancy Yeah, the, the Hollywood lights, right. the, the, the diva lights, yeah. That's right. So you can buy any assets... Um, that relates to your business, um, and there's no limit on the depreciation. Uh, there's no oh, depreciation yeah. cap. Sorry. So before, when I first started, it was like a thousand bucks. Anything over a thousand dollars, you had to depreciate over the effective life of yeah, 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 a few years. It went up to then um, five grand, then it went up to twenty, then it went up to thirty, then it went up to COVID happened one fifty, uh, and it was supposed to be cut off from one fifty to one in December. But in the budget. They extended it and they took off the cap. So anything you buy for your business will and is an asset and is capital will get written off wholly in this financial year. Oh, okay. So that's massive. Oh, like, that's awesome. So you can buy a lot of assets for your business. That's important. The other one is um, the job maker scheme. So job maker, um, if you remember, job seeker, job um, keeper. So. There's now people on Centrelink that weren't on Centrelink before and they need to get back into the workforce. It's especially important that young people are in the workforce um, because they're the future of your economy. So what the government did is um, anyone from the age of 16 to 29, um, you can get a $200 per week credit if you hire one of those people. They have to have been on um, government assistance just before you hire them oh, within okay. a few months. But it's the government's way of moving them from government to the private sector. Yeah, okay. And the private sector employs eight in ten people. So it's a very important shift from you don't want people just sitting around collecting government checks. That's right. You want them working and, and building and becoming a productive person. So mm -hmm. job make credits are huge. Um, if you can't afford to employ, you're a small business, there's a lot of incentive to do so now and it helps it become a little bit more affordable. It's a two hundred dollar credit mm -hmm. a week. For 16 to 29, it's 200 bucks. For 30 for thirty to 35, it's 100 bucks a week. That's really good. It's very good, right? Mm. So 
I think I worked it out. If you're on two hundred dollars, you save ten point four k per year. So, wow. and they're generally like at someone that age, um, they're generally learning, and their salary is not going to be a ridiculous amount anyway. So it doesn't make a big difference. That's awesome. Yeah, so that's yeah, pretty I cool. I love that for sure. That's really clever. Um, and the third thing they did um, was they introduced loss carryback. Um, so. If you remember, as a small business, if you make a loss this year, um, you can carry that loss forward, and then when you make a profit, you can reduce the profit with prior year losses. Oh wow! Yeah. So now that's that was before. So now, so a lot of businesses when they first start out make losses for a couple of years, yep. they finally make profit and they offset. Amazon, for example, they didn't pay tax for like fifteen years because they were just investing, making losses, 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 okay. and then finally they made a profit again. Um, so now they have lost carry back. So if you made a profit last year, but this year because of coronavirus you made a loss, you can get back some of the tax you paid last year. Oh wow! With the losses this year, yeah. So it literally flips it. So previously losses and then carry forwards to the profit. Now it's carry back. So if you made profit previously and losses this year, you get to get some of those credits back. How do you, if you um, made a loss, does that mean you just literally mm. didn't make as much profit this year? Is that literally it? Yeah, that's literally it. Or, like, um, if you bought a big asset and before you had to depreciate it, so your profit would look okay because you can only claim a small part of it. But now, if let's say you're a, I don't know, let's say you're a trader and you bought a truck this year um, and that truck cost you 200 grand um, and your profit might have been 150, but now 200 grand expense, you're negative 50 grand. Okay. Makes sense? Yeah. So sometimes it's just because of the incentives mm -hmm. you've made out. It's a paper loss, like it's not, your bank account has still gone up, but on paper, you made a loss because of the depreciation. Mm -hmm. um, so it's more of a, yeah. But all, and that, this is yeah. for the, the financial year ending June 2021? So, yeah, that's right. So this is June 2021 if you made a loss. You can carry it back to I think twenty 2020 twenty and twenty nineteen, oh. um, and maybe even further back. But we'll have to see um, what the legislation says in detail. But oh. yeah, so they're the three main ones for businesses. Um, for individuals, everyone got a bit of a pay rise because the tax rates went down. Okay. Which is good for a business because your staff got pay rises and you didn't have to pay them more. The government just started taking less. So okay. Instead, a lot of people couldn't afford to give bonuses, but it's okay. Your staff will have more mm -hmm. money because of the tax cuts. How long is the JobKeeper and JobSeeker um, extended to? Yeah, so uh, JobSeeker, uh, that's a good question because that's through Centrelink. I don't have much clarity on it. I know that there used to be the JobSeeker and then there was a 500 or $550 bonus on top of the whatever you're getting paid. Mm -hmm. um, I'm not sure if that's still on. JobKeeper, they extended it till the final extension is in the March quarter of next year. Um, so JobKeeper 1 was from, I think, March to October, mm -hmm. so, or 30 September, mm -hmm. but your last election was in October. So 30 September, then they extended it from September to December, and then they extended it again from September January March. to March. That's it. What's going to happen yeah. when people can't, aren't getting that anymore? So this is a big thing. So it's like, if you heard the government talking at the start, it was always about, we want to help you get through this to the other side. We want to help you get through this. To the, we're the bridge to the other side. We're really hoping that there's another side and that it's early next yeah, year. Yeah, because I'm, I'm year. worried about that. Yeah, everyone is. I think my my graphic design business mm. it did better in mm. COVID because mm. everyone wanted to um, get online. Hundred percent. 
And so, and I'm wondering if that's also because a lot of people were on JobKeeper. Yeah, absolutely. And yeah. they had money 100%. to spend on things like that. Yeah. And I'm like, ooh, I hope when it ends that I, <laughs> I have clients still. Yeah. No, that's actually a great observation. And we felt, I've honestly felt the same. I think I've had the best year. I think I've had the best year honestly. that I've ever had. Yeah. This isn't a common, like, sorry, this is a common um, mm. discussion I have with my clients. Is it? And do you think it's because of JobKeeper? Would you say that? Or do you think it's because yeah. people at home and they're thinking, about these things. I think there's two things that happen. Um, whenever, like, moving to digital, before it was advised, you should be on digital, blah, 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 you should be, but not, not a lot. Change happens slowly in those environments. When, when there's a crisis, change happens very quickly. So everyone had to go digital. You're very busy, I'm very busy. We're naturally sort of young, we're, we're digital, we're just born in that mm. sort of thing. So we picked up a lot of business because of that. Mm. Um, and then there's the other thing of, whenever there's an economic crisis, a lot of people start businesses. So zero, actually, I was on one of their webinars early on. They said that um, the biggest amount of businesses created in America was after 08, when the financial markets crashed, because a lot of people now feel the fickle nature of being an employee. When you're an empl it's a very sour feeling when you're an employee and you, the business can't do well and it lets you go. A lot of people don't want to experience that again. So they go and start businesses. And that's what we've seen a lot. People who are employees and who have always thought about starting a mm. business but have never pulled the trigger, this has been it their trigger. Them. Exactly. See, I, I had a lot of startups yeah. come to there me for go. a website. 100%. Saying, yeah. we just decided to do a business yeah. because I lost my job. No, very <laughs> like, That's just yeah. a business now. And I'm yeah. like, I've had so many. Yeah. And I've never had that many before. 100%. I've been doing graphic design for 10 years. Yeah. And that, sure. yeah, this year was like, whoa, like, can't keep up. 100%. So I'm like, freak out. I'm like, when it <laughs> ends, is it going to be like the end that's of that? It. And that's what, and that's what, and that's what's so difficult. Mm. It's, uh, coronavirus is a weird one because everyone's just waiting out for this vaccine and everyone thinks, all right, we'll get the vaccine and it'll all just sort of mm. die down. It's not something, it's not, a, it is a freak event that the government stopped the economy. Do you know what I mean? So in the budget actually yeah. as well, They've said that this budget is dependent on a vaccine becoming available and distributed in 2021. Okay. So we're hoping that that's sort of when the market's going to pick up again, but only God knows. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> it's the reality. And how do, how do I budget and manage cash flow? Yeah. So um, budgeting is very important. Cash flow is very important. Um, a lot of businesses die just because they get those two things wrong. Um, cash flow. So we've got a cash flow ebook as well. Um, the, the main things around cash flow are make sure you keep track of it for starters. Don't just wing it. Know if your bank account's going up or going down or who owes you money or who you owe money to because these things really matter. Make sure you go to a job, um, you know, right at the start, get some money up front, get some progress payments where possible, get some progress payments, get some money before you actually do outlay all the expenses, outlay all the work. Depending on your industry, if you can do that, it's a great way of making sure you get that cash flow up front. I had a client told me today that they're starting to offer like afterpay and credit cards and things like that, and their business has gone up oh. just because businesses who couldn't afford it in the past are now paying him on credit, which in this market is, is actually pretty normal. Okay. So that's, yeah, so that's a great tip. For sure. So get whatever it takes to get that money in the door um, is viable in this sort of economic climate. Um, Manage your suppliers. So if you know, if you're good with some suppliers, 
trying to get some discounts off them. Like you've been paying, you know, for example, the landlords, everyone, that was my, like we went through um, continuity planning with our, a lot of our clients through COVID. One of the big ones was, how the hell am I going to pay rent? You have to understand that your landlord wants you in there. They can't go out and find a new tenant in this market that easily. So negotiate with them. If you've got a service provider you've used for a long time, negotiate with them. Get favorable credit terms and, and yeah. payment terms and stuff like that. Um, do a budget forecast, uh, sorry, do a cash flow forecast. So we mapped out for our clients, okay, for the next nine months, including all the stimulus and that, mm-hmm. this is what your bank account's gonna look like, roughly, at these Wow, that's times. awesome. Yeah, so it at least gets us thinking, it might not be 100% accurate, oh, it's a good guide. Um, it's, it's quick and dirty, we were crisis planning sort of thing, so um, it just helps you understand where your business is gonna mm. be ahead of time. Um, that's another one, um, yeah, stuff like that. You've got a downloadable ebook. Yeah, so I've got a cash flow ebook. Okay. Um, that's actually right now it's on my LinkedIn bio, uh, my Instagram bio as well. Oh, awesome. Is that real? Do you see that real? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Do you want yeah. to... Let's yeah, just plug your Instagram real quick. Plug your Instagram. Yeah, advisory corporate accountants. Yeah, we'll put um, that in on the link, but yeah, just to get people going there. 100%. Awesome. That's really cool. Um, I should definitely get Afterpay. Mm. That's great. I don't know yeah. how I could do it for my... I don't know if I could do it for my makeup business. Mm-hmm. I take a deposit for my makeup business, so Ooh. it's like 50% up front, 50% there. So yeah, that's yeah. kind of good for cash flow. For sure. Um, def- I do the same with um, uh, graphic design, yeah. but I actually had a client the other day ask me if I offer afterpay, yeah, yeah. and in my head I was like, oh no, I, I don't, and I think I will. But now yeah. that you just said that, I'm like, maybe that'd be right. really good and yeah. an incentive for people to get 100%. on board with me. 100%. Yeah. yeah. Awesome, great tip. Okay, so I actually um, went on Instagram on my story and asked my audience if they had any questions for you. Yeah, for sure. So we've got a few, and you already kind of touched on this one. It was just um, how do I know whether or not I need to register for GST when starting a business, yeah. whether it be service or product based. Now I actually had a conversation with the the follower that asked me this, yeah. and she was confused if she's starting a fashion brand. And she doesn't know if she's going to make over that seventy five thousand, yeah. yeah. but it's a like a physical clothing store. Yeah, Should yeah. she be charging that? So whether it's a product or service yeah. or anything doesn't really matter. The only industries I think one of the only industries where you have to register is um, Uber or ride ride sharing they call it, or if you're a taxi driver or something like that. Mm-hmm. Um, you have to register from day dot. Okay. Um, if you're, I think there's most other businesses. Um, $75,000 per annum turnover, not profit, so turnover is the threshold. But that includes, like, if you think from day one, yeah, I'm going to make 75 k this year, register for GST. Mm. If you don't know, trade, um, and then as soon as you start to realize I'm going to make 75 k or you've already made 75 k you've got 21 days from that day. Um, so... It's irrespective of whatever what you're doing besides being taxing yeah. your rights. That's right. So seventy five. Yeah. Okay, that's an easy answer. Yeah. It's funny because she asked me, and then I tried to answer it by googling, but I still couldn't. <laughs> yeah. I was like, I can't answer that. I can answer Jacob. Course, yeah. <laughs> um, how do I work out how much of my car expenses can be claimed if I'm if I'm providing a mobile service, yeah. but uh, also using my car for personal use? So, for instance, I offer uh, mobile makeup services, yeah, so I'll sure. travel for groups. Um, and but I also use my car to go to Coles or go to yeah, Mecca yeah. and buy makeup. <laughs> yeah, so sure. what? How do we 
uh, work out what I can claim. Yeah, so um, there's two methods for cars. Um, and actually, the ATO has a definition of what is a car and what is not a car. Mm -hmm. So the first thing you want to make sure is just make sure you've actually got a car. Um, most people, um, I think it's one ton towing capacity or one ton carrying capacity or something like that. Mm -hmm. um, but most people, you've got a car if it's not a ute or if it's not a heavy truck or something like that. Oh, so if it's a ute, yeah. is it like a delivery vehicle or something? What is it's, it like? A... Um, the ATO doesn't classify it as a car. It classifies it um, as asset. a yeah as a like it's a mode of it's just an asset essentially. Oh wow. Yeah. So in those instances, the rules are a bit different. But we'll talk about just cars because that's what most people's inquiries are. Um, you've got two options. One is um, you can claim a cents per kilometer uh, rate. Mm -hmm. So I think this year is sixty eight cents per kilometer, mm -hmm. um, and it just sort of changes a little bit every year. You can do that up to 5,000 business kilometers. So, and you don't actually have to keep receipts in that method. You just have to provide an estimate. So um, if you're an employee, like uh, we'll give a business owner example. If you're a business owner and you only do those mobile trips once every now and then, most of the time they come to you, you had a couple of inquiries where you went to them. Um, just note down, I roughly two times a week, I went out to see clients. It was roughly this amount of kilometers from home. Um, and that's what I expect to do for the year. Then you just get the cents per kilometer, total kilometers, say 1,000 Ks, 68 cents, 680 bucks um, um, mm -hmm. for deduction. The other method is the logbook method. The logbook method is you keep for a 12 week period, 12 week consecutive um, period, mm -hmm. you keep every time you drive the starting and closing odometer reading um, and what that trip was for. So we'll use your example. So I went from home to um, my friends or home to Coles or whatever to do the shopping. Uh, that's a private trip. That was 20 Ks, so private. The next one, I went to see a client in the city. Um, I drove from home to city. That mm -hmm. was 20 Ks, the business. At the end of it, you add up all the Ks, divide the total Ks by the, just the business ones, and you'll get a percentage that says 50% private, 50% business. Um, now you can apply 50% to whatever you're spending for your car. So fuel, oil, uh, repairs, registrations, mm -hmm. insurances, everything, you're timesing by 50%. Mm -hmm. um, so they're the two methods, the logbook and the cents per K. Okay. That's how you and do that. if yeah. you were to get audited, you'd have to pr yeah. provide that logbook. Is that you'd right? you have to provide the logbook, absolutely, mm -hmm. and you'd need to provide receipts um, in, that, in the logbook method. Uh, okay. Remember for the cents per Ks, no documentation as such, just a reasonable estimate of how you got to those figures. Um, okay. Yeah. So that's, a, that's a good yeah. answer. Yeah. Um, you're very good at explaining things. I do. I you're very, very good at it. Have you been told that? Because um, it's it, so hard for me yeah. normally to wrap my head around that yeah, stuff, yeah. and you do it so well. Sure. If I wasn't an accountant, I'd love to be a teacher. Oh, I'm actually, yeah. in the back of my mind, one day when I retire, I'll be a lecturer. Oh, that's awesome. <laughs> yeah, that's I think you will, because yeah. you're very, very good at Thank explaining you. things. I appreciate that. I'm like... I've asked so many accountants these questions yeah. and I'm like, I have no idea. <laughs> <laughs> like straight away. Yeah. Okay, can I claim any education courses um, that I may use to enhance my business or my beauty industry skills? For sure. So yes, the short answer is yes. However, um, there's always a however with that mm -hmm. here. Um, so it has to be directly related um, to the job you're doing at the moment. So let's say you're working in... Um, I don't know, let's say you're a nurse and you want to start a makeup business, right? Um, if you're a nurse, at the time you do the makeup course, you can't because there's no connection. Okay, so you're going to be in it. 
Yeah, correct. So, um, so any pre-business education, no. But let's say you transition, now you're a makeup artist full-time, um, and you do a makeup course that is tax-deductible because there is a sufficient connection. Um, you have to, yeah, so, um, and the key here is it has to be a specific connection. So, for example, um, I'm obviously an accountant. Let's say I do my CA, which is my chartered accountant's course. Mm -hmm. um, I claimed my CA stuff. But if I was doing a generic, um, if I was doing a generic course about um, marketing, mm -hmm. but at the time my role was strictly accounting, mm -hmm. I can't necessarily claim that. I so be pretty specific. Yeah. Um, and the ATO was always pretty particular about that. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. I um I'm actually a self-taught makeup artist. No way. Yeah. So I'm self-taught. Yeah. yeah. And I wanted to um get my skills certified. So there's um, yeah. a company called. It's called Skill Certified, <laughs> yeah, and I like looked into it, and they yeah. have a course where they come and have like an assessor assess your skills, yeah, okay. and if they're up to the industry standards, you will get like the uh, certificate, like I think it's like a diploma in makeup yeah, or something, yeah. um, and that way it's like you've been, you know, you've got a certificate for mm. your skill set, but mm. you didn't have to go and study for like six months awesome. or however long it is. Sometimes I think it's like three years or something, yeah. but um. Yeah, so I was looking into that, and yeah, I, yeah they did tell me that it was tax deductible, but yeah, I was kind of yeah. like, is it just a sales point? <laughs> Everything's but, tax deductible. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah, yeah. And I'm like, is it a sales point? But yeah. now I know that it that's would fine. be because yeah. I do makeup. Sure. Okay, cool. Well, that's pretty much all my questions. Do you have anything else you want to touch on? Um, I'm pretty. No, yeah. Look, I'm happy with all of that. I, like I said, I've been saying, I feel like um, just go see an accountant if you ever have any questions you need to ask go ask a professional don't just ask your best mate who's yeah. doing the, or, you know, there's a lot of um this stuff doesn't go away make sure you address that's it. right just get it right before you start your business yeah you know? um and it'll help you be clear and it'll help you get a finger on the pulse of what's actually going on in your business so um that's that's great advice yeah yeah um, i have one question for you with um, accounting services. Do you mm. guys also like provide profit and loss, like? Oh yeah. Um, what would you call that? Reports. But yeah, reports. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, for sure. So any, if you're a company, um, you have to by law provide balance sheets, profit and loss, mm -hmm. and company financials. Um, but with so as part of our package, um, we have we do your quarterly business activity statement or BAS mm -hmm. anyway. So with majority of our clients. Every thirty day, or every ninety days, sorry, we're on the phone mm -hmm. and we're reviewing our last quarter's performance. Oh, and it's not in detail, but it's enough to say, it's enough to touch base and be like, look, this was our profit and loss last quarter. Um, mm -hmm. This is how much tax we expect to pay on this profit and loss. Actually, I do want to add something about the yeah. Day, but um, yeah, so we we look through the profit and loss every quarter to make sure we know where we're going. Um, we find a lot of accountants don't do this, and it. it if that works for you, no problem, but it's very difficult to have a year gone by not knowing where you stand, not getting any advice along the way, or not at least yeah. touching base along the way, and then at the end of the year, you get a tax bill dumped on you. Um, so that's, that's a bit ugly. The other the final thing I really actually want to touch on mm -hmm. is um, there's a book called uh, Profit First. Okay, yep. Um, it's a great book. Uh, it's, it's an absolute staple. If you're looking at Instagram, there's like books... It's one. It's on there, right? Mm -hmm. we, 
Reading's the best, so we always recommend On your Instagram page, you've got like a highlight yeah. reel, uh, what do you call it? A little yeah, highlight situation. Yeah. yeah, books. In there is called Profit First. Mm. Um, you need to understand that when you run a business and you've done it for a while, it's usually pretty cyclical. Like mm-hmm. it usually looks similar every quarter. Yeah. So the worst feeling in the world, and I know because I've had to do this to clients and I know because clients have uh, told me, is when you, you're just trading, you think you've made all this money and then someone just throws a tax bill on you and it's due like next week and then you're stressing because you haven't put the money aside because of it. When you set up your bank accounts, have that business account, also have a tax account mm-hmm. um, and just know, so I told my clients, based on your profit and the tax bill you're gonna pay, keep for every dollar you get in sales, put 20 cents or so 20%, aside into that tax account. That way, when I give you a tax bill at the end of the quarter for your VAS, you're not going to have any problems. You know it's in that tax account. You just pay it. At the end of the year, when I tell you your tax bill, you know it already. I don't need to surprise you. Mm, that's a great tip. It's tax shock. It's like the mm. worst. So My tax, my VAS yeah. was due today. There you go. <laughs> and yeah, I was yeah, like, yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, honestly. I do that too. I put it aside, but okay. yeah. Yeah, so... A lot of people when they start out don't think it's all their profit and then realise, okay, crap, I have to pay a bit of tax. Mm. So that's important as well. It talks about it in that book, which is That's great. I'm going to get that book. I need it. Yeah, for sure. <laughs> um, actually, before you go to, I wanted to talk about how you've been doing Instagram Reels oh, and yeah. you've been really using your Instagram to boost your business because yeah. I love talking about that stuff. So let's quickly talk about how you got that idea yeah. and how that's been going for you. 100%. So... Um, when I first started uh, this whole uh, accounting and business thing, um, I, so I knew a little bit about marketing and then I listened to a lot of Gary Vee. I saw a lot of Gary oh, Vee. Like, um, you love Gary Vee. Yeah, it's like the one That's I why like. I started this podcast. No way. There you go. Yeah. He's like, if you don't have a podcast and you yeah. have a business, you're, you've got a massive missed opportunity. Oh, I'm like, okay, I'll start a podcast. Um, yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, so, look, the more noise you can create around your business, the more people know about you. It's the only way to be. Mm. If you've got an amazing product, and there's a lot out there, there's, a, there's some people with unbelievable products that no one knows about, and they're not going to have a successful business. And that sucks, right? Yeah. Like, we want good products out to the people. Mm. Um, so that's why I literally started using Instagram, LinkedIn, I ran Facebook ads, I run Facebook ads. How are your Facebook ads going? Good, long tail, really long conversion cycle. So um, we run some lead magnets, emails, and then we nurture a lot along mm-hmm. the way. Um, but it takes, Facebook isn't an audience who's dying to buy your product no, right it's now. Not, hey. Yeah, so it's a very long funnel, but it works. Um, if you have the persistence and the, and the, you know, enough content to get you by, it will work. Do you it do it yourself time. or do you have someone you... I've got an agency. Okay, yeah. yeah. So for the, for the Facebook, I've got an agency. Um, he's great. Mm. We've got, um, yeah, good price on our leads. It just takes a while to convert. Um, on Instagram, so I've got a, yeah. one of my um, clients as a social media manager. Um, she's unbelievable. Can I give her a plug? Yeah, <laughs> yeah. go for it. So the socialista, um, so Monique, is unbelievable at what she does. I always recommend my clients go have a session with her. Um, she provides training and the growth she's seen and I've seen clients who use her see on Instagram is unbelievable. What does she specialize yeah. in? What does she? What other services she provides just quickly because I'm actually interested. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so social media management on yeah. Instagram. Um, she does a lot of uh, training sessions um, on Instagram. She's mm-hmm. actually got a reels course Ooh, um, at the moment. That's cool. Unbelievable. So smart. Yeah, genius. She's a very, 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 a very hard worker. Yeah. 
a great business person. Um, so she's doing a rules course. Just from her rules, it has blown up. They like the algorithm of rules. They're pushing rules. Okay. Um, so um, I think it's a great thing. The, the most difficult part, let me tell you, Amy. Yeah. The most difficult part as a male on Instagram is rules. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> because, but I, you know what? Yeah. When you when we started talking and I yeah. saw your rules, yeah. I was like, that is what sold me. No yeah. way, actually. Mm. I was like, I love that he's doing real. Yeah. Done. No like, way. That's what, yeah, I, no, I was like, you know what you're doing. Yeah. 100%. So anything that helps us get good quality content mm. out there, we will use. Like my LinkedIn is, like I've built a solid LinkedIn, I'd like to think. Um, and we always get reviews. We do our best to always get reviews off clients and just keep posting good, valuable content. You know the drill. You've got a massive following on uh, Instagram. So, um you know what, I'd actually like to hear a bit of your tips. Oh, yeah, so funny. <laughs> to get the, like, 60-something so, K or something. Oh, it's How so did so you grow with Instagram? What yeah, you? I grew with yeah. Instagram. So I started my Instagram in 2013, mm. and I started posting makeup videos yeah, in 2014. Yeah, yeah. Oh, it was And it was up. when they were blowing mm. up, and that's when I grew most of my following. Yeah. So my account is an old account. Yeah. And, um... It's still, it's still growing today, but mm. very, very slowly in mm. comparison. I grew, like... I got like 40,000 followers in like six months. Bloody hell. Yeah, yeah. when I started doing um, videos. Mm. So it must have been at that time the, the algorithm was, was the video. So mm. I used to do like the 30 second makeup videos. Yeah, yeah. And if you went back through my mm. um, Instagram, which you'd have to be scrolling for ages, <laughs> um, you would see it. I do like this super quick like, yeah, makeup yeah, videos. Yeah, yeah. Um, and they did really well, like yeah, so right. well. I used to get like one million views on them. Wow, mm. that's serious. Yeah. And then that just started, like Instagram stopped pushing videos yeah. like of yeah, that yeah. nature. Yeah, IGTV you're talking? No, or this is before. On your feed. No, on your feed. Oh, no way. And then um, I started doing slide videos. Yeah. So oh, on the feed. Yeah, yeah. And they did really well for me. Yeah. I, I, on one of my slide videos, I had five million, it said five million engagement. My engagement was fun. Serious? Yeah. Organic? Organic. It's unbelievable. And that was like from slide videos. So yeah. that has done well for me, but now my engagement's gone down a lot and I'm trying to work mm. out what my next mm. move is. And I think it's real. So. I've, been, I've started yeah. reels, but I don't think I've like perfected it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I need to do that course. 100%. Very good. Yeah. yeah but that's how I grew my following. Um, like it was a lot of hashtagging, to be mm. honest. Lots of brand tagging. It's mm. easy for makeup artists because you could use mm. like in one look, you might use yeah, 10 yeah, yeah. brands. So tag, tag, tag. If I can tag five brands yeah, yeah, yeah. in a post yeah. and it makes sense to tag them, it's not like over tagging or mm. being an annoying yeah. tagger. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So yeah. that's good, like the tagging, yeah. hashtagging. Yeah. Um, I did a lot of networking physically. Yeah, of course, you have to. So went to a lot of PR events for makeup awesome. brands. Yeah. That helped as well. Yeah. Um, getting seen at like in brands, Insta stories and yeah. And like other makeup artists in the stories, yeah. that's how I've grown my following. For sure. Um, yeah, that's pretty much how I've done it. I think you're right in that, like the physical networking, mm. it's good to have a digital presence, but when you can nurture that with a physical presence, yeah. it's like when they see you in the flesh, they're like, oh, yeah, I get it. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. it, it, almost, it almost ties everything up. Yeah. Um, and just. There's nothing, I always say, in my initial meeting, I have to do it face to face. Uh, there's zooms are good, like mm -hmm. when COVID was happening, but man, there's nothing like 
being in front of someone, I agree. body language, mm. you know, as you address the room. Like, yeah, it's just, it's no, I agree. I so, agree. Yeah, I think, yeah, when we started speaking to each, mm. each other to organize this, mm. um, just seeing you, mm. you actually being um, like the forefront of your brand, yeah. like that said a lot in, yeah. in so, it's in so awesome. little, yeah, you know right. what I mean? Like it was, I was just yeah. watched a reel, it went for like, what, 10, it goes for like 15 yeah, seconds. Yeah, yeah. And I was like, oh my God, I know so much now. That's like, awesome. and I was like, yeah, yeah okay, you know yeah. what I mean? Awesome. So you're yeah. doing the right thing, you're doing really well. Awesome. And then, then when, before you came, I was researching you and I just typed your name in yeah. and I looked at your LinkedIn and awesome. I got a lot of yeah, information yeah. about you. So yeah. everything you're doing yeah. is working, you yeah, know what I mean? So you should be really like happy with yourself It's nice to hear feedback, right? I'm struggling with how, Oh, it's oh, so easy. difficult and I just yeah. learned it. Are you just getting started on it? Yeah, okay. I started probably five, four, five months ago. And, and you, I've got a diamond graphic, so that's my graphic okay, design business, diamond yeah, graphics. And then I've got my personal. Yeah. And I like linked to them. So but LinkedIn is just the personal. Like, I mean, the business is good, but the personal is where Is that what you pump? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. Um, I, and it's very easy. I'll tell Do you, you why. post posts? Yeah, yeah. I'll tell you why. So go check out my LinkedIn um, later. But yeah. um, in the post section, the videos used to do really well. Same thing on LinkedIn. They, it's weird. LinkedIn's weird, but the best thing about LinkedIn mm. is get Sales Navigator, which is another tool. Um, and then on Instagram. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Sorry, how long have we got? Um, I just want to know how long that's gone for. Uh, I probably about an hour, 20. Oh, well done! Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> sales navigator okay. sales navigator right um, the best thing about LinkedIn is this yeah on Instagram you have to work for someone to follow you you know what I mean like you've got to put out content go engage with them mm -hmm. like their stuff and then they'll follow you in LinkedIn you can just go out get sales navigator mm -hmm. pick who you want to target and there's all like it goes so great is that free? no that's paid but it's worth every it's dollar worth, it. worth okay. every dollar it's very granular, so I can target um, graphic designers, business owners, like all these. Graphic designer, business owner, lives in, da da da, da um, started business between zero to two years ago. Like, wow. super laser, right? Go on and just connect with those people. Significant amount, everyone's open wow. on LinkedIn, so a significant amount will accept your connection. And now it's just about putting out content and nurturing. Like, okay, I need to get yeah. one. So, I, I posted a little bit of fun. It's not nothing. Is yours doing alright? Like in terms of yeah. interaction? Um engagement goes well, yeah. yeah. Um it's different to Instagram. It's a completely different ballgame. Instagram is young, um I feel a bit more feminine even to LinkedIn, um and it's just it's it's a bit slangy. Mm. If I if I could tell you like it's like slang, LinkedIn is corporate it's professional. Corporate. It's not yeah. completely corporate. But it's a lot more professional. Yeah, yeah. Um, so I, I put my posts are different. You won't see me doing reels on LinkedIn. You know what I mean? Because it's a bit more. Uh, this is five tips on da da da, and then I might go through it in videos. Um, yeah. So it's different, but you'll love it. How, you'll do well. Here's a question for yeah. you: How do you find time to do all that? Um, How? Just, just twenty-four hours a day. <laughs> Twenty-three of them. Uh, no. Um, I just I so I'm a. I'll, I'll give you where I got a lot of my business motivation from there's a Sabri Suvi sold like crazy mm -hmm. the book okay like I haven't heard it yeah. it's probably I feel like crazy. Yeah. oh my god I've got it in my oh. bookcase I swear you I haven't read it yet oh no 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 it's the best I sell so like crazy yeah yeah I haven't, I haven't read it yet that's what got me started my EDM 
Okay, I'm going to read that tomorrow. Okay, there's a page on that. I'll get you the page number. I'll get yeah. you the page number. But there's a, he compares two lives. He compares one life that gets up at 5 a.m., um, goes to the gym for an hour, um, you know, journals or does mm. whatever they need to in the morning, has some sort of morning routine. From 7 a.m. to 9 a.m., churned out two hours of the needle-moving work, like the, the, the thing that's going to get you sales. Okay, yep. Nine o'clock, done. Next project, one-hour task, two-hour task, 15-minute break, done. He compares that life to... Uh, the other example is woke up at 8, had breakfast, kicked back, 8.30, got to the office at 9, 9.30, talked to the person next to you, chilled for a little bit, read your emails first thing, um, and then by the time you do work, it's like 10.30, 11, lunch is one hour away, you go out to lunch, you come back, you had a big lunch. It's just an ugly comparison. So that it was that moment where I'm like, which one of these do I want to be? And I like that's what motivates me. Do you get up at 5am? Not 5. Oh, um, that's so early. <laughs> it's, very, it's very difficult, let me tell you. I'm, a, I'm not a morning person. No. I get up at 6. 6 is seven. very good. Yeah, 6 is very good. Um, I need to be at my desk by 7, 7.30. And do you have a home office or you got like a physical office? I have both. Um, oh, wow. So, but, so I've got a virtual office, I go, you know, wherever I want. But, so it just depends. I like to take, obviously, the clients go to the physical office. Um, mm. But if I'm just churning out work, sometimes I like being in the home office. Cuts out the transit. Um, and it's just, it's my space sort of mm-hmm. thing. So it, it's, it works well. But I'm telling you, that seven to nine, those two hours, the whole world is asleep. And you're working, you're hunting. There's nothing like it. Um, so, yeah, that's that's and that's the best. Yeah. When do you when do you do like content? Uh, so just yeah, whenever you can. I've tried a million times to be one of those content planners and like you know <laughs> yeah. this day, but yeah. it doesn't work for me. So whenever I whenever I get an idea, the real is like I woke up and I'm just like oh, I should do one about cash flow, boom, boom, boom. Um, any other time, I'm always got. I got the notes on my iPhone. I'm making notes, and then it's just whenever I get a chance, I aim to every week produce three pieces of content, for That's example, cool. something like that. Yeah. Like, I don't have a strict that doesn't work for me. So yeah, it's, it's when just, you feel creative, right? Correct. I'm like yeah, that too. Correct. Sometimes yeah. I'll just be sitting there and I'm like, oh, I want to film like this reel about me doing pink eyeshadow. Yeah, hundred percent. And I'll do it. But like, I have. I know what, what activities drive sales in my business. I know what marketing activities I need so that I can make sales in my business. So as long as I've blocked two hours out, you know, it, within the week to mm-hmm. do one of those activities, you just need to know the driver. If you know the driver, you can schedule time in for it. Okay. Um, and do you think that from doing LinkedIn Reels and mm-hmm. Facebook Leads that you've got a lot of sales yeah. from that? Um, Has it paid off? Has it paid off all that? It's a long-term strategy. I'm not going to say it's paid off in day one. But I'll tell you what, nine months ago, I was running Facebook ads when COVID first came out. Mm-hmm. I closed the client literally last week. I forgot I sent the engagement letter out. It was nine months. I've seen them stalking my emails, opening my emails. And then finally, they made, I, they made an inquiry. I sent out an engagement letter. I didn't hear from them for two weeks. I followed up a couple of times, still didn't hear from them. And they signed it randomly. So that was like a nine month bloody start to finish wow. paid off they're a great client and i'm buying their network essentially wow um, that's right yeah. so 
That's awesome. Yeah, yeah. Well, I'm glad we where this will also be an audio file to listen to. For sure. But yeah, that's that's it. So thanks Thank for coming so today. Thanks Thank for having me. Thank you for your time. Because oh, cool. I know how valuable time is, so I really appreciate yeah. it. Thank you. Thanks for having thanks. me. And, and thank um, yeah, no, you're welcome. All the best for the future. I can't wait to see bigger and better things. Oh, beauty of business. I can't right. wait to see I really enjoyed my chat with Jacob. I loved hearing about how he found a passion for business and numbers from a young age, which he nurtured into his young adult life and has now created a successful career from. His approach to accounting and understanding your business numbers energizes me and inspires me to not be intimidated by the finance side of business and instead to get excited by ways you can improve your business using legal money saving accounting advice from a professional. Here are some main points I learned from my conversation with Jacob. If you don't know your numbers, you are doing yourself a major disservice in business. Get on top of them or ask your accountant to assist you in understanding them. Budget and cash flow are super important. A lot of businesses fail because they do not realize how crucial these are to their business. Ways to increase your cash flow upfront include accepting deposit payments or offering afterpay slash zip pay. Take some time creating a cash flow forecast so you can understand where your business is going ahead of time. And last point, profit first. Know what is profit and what is tax. For every dollar you get in sales, put 20 cents aside into a designated tax bank savings account. That way you do not have a problem keeping up with your quarterly tax bills. Big thank you again to Jacob from Advisory Corp Accountants for coming on my podcast. Be sure to check out Jacob's social links in the description below. I've linked them for you to make it easy.